to Racing Only Better. This is your glorious Goodwood day two preview. We've already given you loads of winners, hopefully, for day one, and we're rocking and rolling on to day two. And of course, it's Sussex Stakes Day. We will get to that in due course, but we're going to go through all the ITV races with the regular boys of Tony Calvin. I'll come to you first because I have been accused of favouritism on this podcast already. So how are you, Tony? (laughs) Everyone hates me. Don't worry about that. I'm always last on anybody's list. Ah, no, I can't be having that. Come on now. Yeah, well, Uh, obviously we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so we don't know how we've fared on the the Tuesday yet. But yeah, um, naught out of naught so far. Positive thinking, please, Tony. I'm imagining that we've just taken loads of winners. That's the main thing. Um, Kevin Blake, you're back on your travels as always. I wonder if I'll ever do a podcast with you when you're not travelling. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I (laughs) I found a nice pod here at the airport so that'll do me <laughs> very smart I, yeah very smart indeed and look at you down with your little dream catcher behind you obviously i realize this is a podcast <laughs> so people can't see this but uh dan's got one of those creepy dream catcher things <laughs> in his shed which i used to like dan but that's why i've come to him last he's gone that's right down the backing order yeah it's not my influence you won't be surprised to hear dream catcher? In, um some bollocks <laughs> That thing to the left of him there, behind his head, it's supposed That's to catch your dream. Dream catcher. That was a smoothly does it winning at Weatherby. What a star he was for us. There you go. There you go. That's yeah, much well, more yeah. like Jojo star up there, Dan. Was that yeah, the- he was another here. He won the Swinton for us. In fact, I was chatting to Brian Hughes the other week at Cartmel. That's it, might have been a year or so ago now. And he said he said he'd watched that right. Or after I thought I'd have to remind him. I said, Oh, do you remember when you rode Jojo Star to win the Swinton? He was like, um, yeah, funnily enough, I was watching that the other day. Oh, that's nice. Nice, wasn't it? Yeah, let's let's uh, get stuck into Goodwood, guys, because we want to keep this short and snappy and we've got loads to cover. So we're kicking off with the 150. This is the mile four furlong handicap. It is paying four places with Betfair, so you get an extra place there. And Secret State is currently the favourite at around five to two on the Betfair Sportsbook for William Buick and Charlie Appleby. Uh, coming in looking for the four-timer, Tony. And uh, is he capable of backing up the Royal Ascot? win yeah sure obviously the horsey horsey beat at Royal Ascot went on to win the Bahrain trophy um so yeah I think he's revised Mark he you know he, he could well win this but against that the third and fourth have finished last on their next start and the fifth sixth and seventh have all been chinned as well so mixed messages from that form I think at five to two um I think you've got to be against him he's actually shortened a bit um the the market rival uh Migdam um, that hadn't wasn't declared, so he shortened up a bit. I think five to two is probably short enough. The one I've taken a swing at, and you're probably off best backing him win only on the exchange because I think the sportsbook are ducking him a bit at 14s. That's Inverness. Um, traded at a thousand when winning a mile maiden here last year. It was absolutely remarkable performance, um, and he hasn't looked the most uh, tractable in in three starts this season. But I think you can mark up his tenth to secret state. Um, and the King George of fifth handicap because he, he came widest up the straight there and he was only beaten just about five lengths. Dropped two pounds for that. Don't think he stayed over a mile six last time uh, at Ascot. Um, I just thought of, a, of, of that kind of mark at 20 to one plus. Um, I'll take a chance on Inverness. Okay, Inverness for you for Charlie Hill, Sylvester de Souza booked in the saddle. Uh, Dan, I mean, it's very, as you would expect, very competitive. Obviously, Secret State, as mentioned, go for the full time, but Box to Box and Sol can both come here looking for a third win on the bounce. But I, I'm willing to take a swing with Max Hood, I think, the handicapped debutant in here, second top rated in the race. That listed Goodwood run is much as best. 
for Huey Morrison. And he was my selection in this as just the completely unexposed type and obviously an attractive book, jockey booking with Ryan Moore in. I was pleased to see that. Yeah, of course you would be. I mean, I think we need to mention Solcombe as you put a bit more flesh on his bones because he's a hat-trick seeker from arguably the best stable around in, in Britain who... He's outstandingly well-bred by Frankel out of ribbons, and he started off life in handicaps, obviously, way, way ahead of the handicapper. He's won two in a row, but I was going to put up a reason to be slightly negative, is the fact he's missed the break. For his five starts, as Kev heads off to the to the gate. Have you forgot the batteries in your talk, boy, Kev? I, um, I, was, I was scrambling for the mute button there. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, my negative is talking. He missed a break off all of his five starts, and it could get messy for him. He's going to have to raise his game. Secret State's the class horse, as we know. But I'm going to have a little, a small bet, and it is on with that because I think it's a wide open race on Adjuvant. I didn't think I'd say that when I started looking the race initially. But bear in mind, he won his first two last season for Michael Bell, which happens very rarely. He started his career two from two. Then he sort of was wheel spinning for a while, but stepping up in trip really seemed to suit last time, made a difference to him. He's still on exposed around a mile and a half. He's had a token rise and I wouldn't read too much into the fact the runner-up common sense call got stuffed um, the other day at Ascot. I just think that horse um, turned it in that day. So I was happy enough to give him a chance at 12s. Okay. Uh, Kevin, where are you going in in this competitive looking event? I feel like we're just throwing a load of names into the mix at this stage. We're definitely, that's exactly what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you mentioned Max Sud, um, Vanessa, and I give him another chance. Yeah. Um, I just think entering into handicap company will be a help to him. He like to me, he's shaped better than the bare result as last twice in um in strong company. And it's just one of those that his handicap mark did well to survive, really, um, where, where they put him at Royal Ascot on the Hampton Court, you know. He, he was beaten just far enough for the handicapper to justify leaving him alone. Um, and I just think mile and a half here, he'll surely get much more pace in front of him, more cover. Um, he's got more and more and more taking the ride. And um, I thought he'd be capable of taking a step forward and hopefully getting stuck in the finish. Great. I'm delighted to hear you with me, Kevin. That's why you're my favourite, always and forever. Uh, let's move on to the Whispering Angel Oak Tree Stakes. It's the 225, another race playing an extra place with um, Betfair. And Heredia at the moment is top of the market of four to one, but it is wide open, soft whisper in there, bounce the blues, Primo Baccio. I mean, there's a load of fillies in here going for more black type or trying to get the best of black type they can. Plenty to line up, very competitive field. Um, I was very intrigued to see Oscula in here, Tony, yeah. um, being turned around very quickly from that Ascot run behind Jumbly. Thought that was of interest if she can if she can bounce back very quickly from Saturday. It's rare you see such a quick turnaround in group company, but that caught my eye, along with so many in here. Yeah, um, she has. She takes her racing really well, so it is obviously a slight doubt. Um, but yeah, she comes here after a very good run last time. Just got nutted on the line at, uh, on Saturday. The sportsbook actually opened up sixteen to one about her, uh, and that was oh, wow. taken uh, into tens. So um, yeah, you're not the only one that obviously fancies her. Um, I think there are any of the early punters on along the right lines there. The um, yeah, I think there's, obviously it's a 17 runner race. Um, it's going to be loads of problems. That's why the sports book are giving you an extra two places, in fact, or five places, because it's obviously it's not a handicap. So it's going to be 
it's going to be bumper cars, traffic problems all around the place here. So I think you want a, a horse that's going to go forward from a low draw. Uh, Oscula, you know, even though he was held up, she was held up on Saturday. She has gone forward before, so you've got that in your favour. Playing her, I'm actually going with the horse drawn one. Uh, Symphony, uh, Symphony, perfect. Again, it's been su uh, uh, support for that one this morning. Forties into twenty eights, but uh, it's the kind of horse that's going to be twenty uh, thirty threes plus on the exchange win only, and that's where I'll be going. The angle with her is she was having her first start for Hugo Palmer last time, um, first run for two months as well. Uh, ran a really, re really good race to finish fifth there at York in a group three to Flotus. Um, she, like I said, she was held up that day, but a lot of her forms, you know, been under forceful rise. She ran a really good race when uh, fifth to Wild Beauty and the Fred Darling first time out this season. So I, I think they might switch tactics, go for the front from stall one, and, you know, hopefully she'll hang on. So I'll be playing, I've played Perfect Symphony and I'll probably go in again on the exchange if and when she drifts. So, yeah, I'm, hopefully they'll they'll change tactics on that one. A big outsider, but I think there'll be a lot of hard, hard luck stories here. If you get out in front, I think that could be half the battle here. Like it. Big swing in this race and what is a wide open contest. Um, Dan, any interest in the sort of soft whisper bounce the blues challenge for form? Any interest in either of those two? Not necessarily. I know my Ascot colours were firmly behind Heredia. I think she is the best horse in this race. But as Tony just mentioned, 17 runners, it's different weaving your way through it. Royal Ascot, isn't it, in a massive field where they spread across the track. Things are just going to get tight here. And she, much like Solcombe in the previous race, has got a habit of being a step or two slow from, from the stall. So that's a potential negative, much so I really like her. I can see the Primo Baccio angle down in grade. She has been disappointed when Tony put her up last year to win that York race. She looked destined for much better things, didn't she? It's not really happened for her, but they've been I, better. Go on. I, and I was just going to jump in. I interviewed Ed Walker recently before her late last run at Newmarket. And he, you know, obviously all trainers can make excuses for their horses. But like, I very much got the impression that um, he thought that she had had like she he could really make genuine excuses for her in the run leading up to Ascot um, to Newmarket. Sorry. And then obviously, you know, she didn't really fire in Newmarket, but I just got the impression they were really confident that she has another big success in her. You know, they're not just ploughing on yeah. with her for no reason. Yeah, and that, that in itself, I mean, she'd be worth a few quid if they decided to park her off now, wouldn't she? So yeah. they're obviously feel there's still some meat left on the bone. This isn't a group one, it's a, it's a group three. But I'm going to go back to the first horse that was mentioned, and it's a tactical thing. It's Oscula, as we mentioned. Stall two, absolutely thriving at the minute. The way she swept away from them before getting cut down on Saturday was impressive. She left that German Raider that I like November for dead initially. So I like that. As Tony says, she's really hardy. I'm not that concerned about the quick turnaround. And the other pace angles, the Godolphin Hall soft whisper is in 16. So she's going to have to do loads of work to get across. Oscula, as long as she breaks as she normally does, she'll probably have four or five lengths on soft whisper immediately. So I thought things set up quite well for her and I'm not that bothered about the quick turnaround. She's only running over a mile and seven furlongs. Love it. Someone else in agreement with me. This is going well so far. Um, Kevin, you've been a long supporter of Heredia and I know she disappointed you last time, but are you going in again? No, I won't. I won't. Um, I'm what happened to her at Sandown? 
She got beat. <laughs> she was flat, wasn't she? She was yeah, flat. She didn't look quite the same failure that, that she did at Ascot now. Um, slightly different setup, but look, um, Ascot might have been her big day. Who knows? The full the rest of the season will reveal all, but um, I'll take a chance on Soft Whisper. Look, she as Dan says, look, she's gonna need the first hundred yards to be kind to her to give her any chance of getting across, but um, she does seem to have good gate speed and good early speed, and I'm just hoping she can. You know, there's plenty of the, plenty of those inside her are going to go back, so I'm just hoping that the the first hundred yards is kind, and uh, you'll know your fate fairly soon. Because if she if she gets caught four wide around when she hits that bend, you know you're probably goosed. But if she can get across there and get close to Ascula, um, she'll have a pretty good chance, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if she drifts because a lot of people would be you know worried about that draw. So I'll go with Saf Whisper. Okay, soft whisper for Kevin. Let's move on to the three o'clock over the five furlongs, the group three for the two-year-olds. So many, I I don't even know where to go in this. Uh, Obviously, Rocket Rodney currently is up at the top of betting six to five with Betfair as things stand at the moment. Comes here off the back of the Dragon Stakes win and, of course, the little big bear form from the Windsor Castle. Uh, But Wallbank, come on. He just, after that Riddler carnage, surely I can't abandon him now. I was so keen on him before Royal Ascot, so I'm sticking with him now, Tony. But maybe that's heart overhead. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not my kind of race and it's not my kind of bet, but I do think Rocket Rodney's going to take a lot of beating here. Uh, very impressive at Sandown last time. Obviously, the Windsor Castle forms a, a standout level here. Uh, it's worked out just brilliantly, isn't it? Little Big Bear's going on to win. The third and fourth have come out and won as well. Eddie's boy, who actually reopposes here, as well as Chateau and fourth, actually won next time as well. Um, you know, the six to five is pretty defensive in this field, um, but I can see where they're coming from. Uh, no, it's not my kind of race, but if you ask me to put out the most likely winner all day long, Rocket Rodney. Do you feel the same, Dan? Can anything improve past him at this stage? I mean, he's just the sort of precocious out-and-out two-year-old on just consistently putting in his best run. It's pure price with me, and I'm just think I think it's a match. And I thought World Bank was too far apart from uh, from him in the in, in the market. I mean, he's he's made a pretty good sharp start himself. I watched I was doing Sunday series that day. He won at York, and it was obviously a, a non-event essentially, but. Mm. Lockdown watched it with us, and you could tell he was absolutely bricking it because he had so little to lose. But he was quite—he had so little to gain. But he was—he was pretty effusive afterwards, saying it's the best two-year-old he's got, certainly the best two-year-old colt. And he didn't do a great deal to sort of harm that at Ascot. He was one of those who got wiped out by the errant, the Riddler. Obviously, a lot's rightly been said about that, but it's purely price five to two or six to five about two horses that I think stand out above the rest. And one thing I've got to get a negative out of Rocket Rodney. He's in eight. I don't like horses being on the wing in two-year-old races anyway. So he's going to be on the wing. And I think the pace is Eddie's boy in one. And Wallbank in three, I think, might get a better position than uh, than Will Rocket Rodney. Okay, well, that's two votes for Wallbank then. I was at Ascot when he made his debut and he was beaten by that Noble Style. And Noble Style has the Richmond Stakes entry. and um, We haven't seen him since. So we're looking for him to back up. That Ascot form, I just think, yeah, Wallbank could be the improver, but really Rocket Rodney is the one at the moment. Kevin, what's your view on this? Um, I'd be alongside Dan, I reckon, yes. um, in terms of Wallbank just at the prices. You know, I wouldn't have loads between him and uh, the Jonathan Ross horse. Um, and so yeah at the prices uh, I'd side with, with Wallbank we better give a shout out to Eddie's boy as well because we have a, a regular podcast listener um, Timmy Birchall 
is involved in this horse and he's mentioned it to me a couple of times at the races in recent months that this horse wins a big one we better give him a shout out and uh, I didn't get a chance to do it and weighed in after he won the super sprint so uh, best of luck to the lad stepping up in class and uh, thanks for listening all that jazz but I think Wallbank might just get the better of you this time lads but I hope I'm wrong for your sake Okay, good few votes for Wallbank. Let's move on to the big race of the day, the Qatar Sussex Stakes, the Group One. And it's a shocker, really, Tony. No Caribus. Ah, oh, just completely takes away from the race for me. All about Baid now, alcohol free next best. Baid is six to one on currently with Betfair as things stand. Alcohol free is 10 to one next best to back up a win in the race last year. Uh, but I mean, what, what a sucker punch that is to miss Caribus in this. It's, it's, it's doubly annoying for me from a betting point of view because I thought Caribus was a horse I wanted to lay in the without market on the exchange. Um, you know, he was he was seven to two second favourite in the anti-post betting um, and it was 14's bar. And I just thought if, if he was going to be priced up as a heavy odds on shot in the without market favourite, I wanted to be against him and have, you know, three group one winners running for me. Uh, in Caribus's absence, it's, it's a bit tricky. Uh, bet the sportsbook are already up with the. Uh, it's, it, obviously, it's only Monday afternoon we're recording this, but they're very, very quick up with it without markets, uh, and they make Order of Australia and alcohol free five to four joint favourites. Now, I'd love to be laying them at five to four uh, each and have the have the rest running for me. Um, Modern Games have been very dismissive of uh, eleven to two, and I think he's a standout bet eleven to two without um, without Bayed. Um, Order of Australia, nothing against him, but there's two other pace angles against him here in Chindit and the Japanese horse. Alcohol Freeze obviously won it last year, coming off the back of a July Cup win. You know, that, that's fine, but five to four there. I mean, 11 to two modern games. Uh, French Guineas winner, third in the Dar French Derby uh, from a very, very wide draw and ran okay, not beaten far in the Prejean Pratt last time. I thought 11 to 2 there. And, you know, even though he hasn't got his ground, I mean, Angel Blue. Blur is um, he's another big price at 14s without with a sports book. Um, you know, dual group one winner, vintage stakes winner. Um, if the ground's not rattling quick, and if it's you know just on the just on the quick side of good, I think 14 to one about that one's dismissive as well. So, yeah, uh, gone round in circles, buying a win. But if you ask me for a bet without the current prices with a sports book, I'd go 11 to two modern games and 14's Angel Blur and I'd touch those. I think I might do that myself as soon as we finish this podcast. Oh, okay. Plenty to play with there in the without market. Is that the way you're looking at this race, Dan, as well? Yeah, I made by uh, 13 to two on, so he's just about about... No, this is a joke, of course. Uh, Barry's always <laughs> telling us to keep it tight on these daily podcasts and I, I can't keep it tight and saying I genuinely don't have a single opinion in the outright market or the without market. Okay, let's move on, Kevin. Your go. Um, yeah, it's a pity about Corbus, isn't it? Um, state of state of rest was on, on the very edge of being supplemented for this, and I said the, the race could do with him now, but uh, he'll he'll wait a few more weeks and should look Baid. Like if you wanted to be creative, and you know, because this the shape of this race, obviously seven runners, it's a bit horrible, and um, without markets, etc. Like I wouldn't be surprised if if Team Baid kind of treated this a little bit like they did um, the. Uh, Royal Ascot, you know, just basically treat this like a piece of work and just be, be sure win, but don't don't 
overly exert him because he's got York in whatever three and a half weeks, um, which will be you know a, bit, a big test for him, possibly his biggest test yet. So um, I, I wouldn't be expecting a Crowley to punch him out and give him a few around the saddle to go and win by six lengths. You know, I suspect he'll sit there cruising and um, and not do a whole lot to win by a relatively short margin. So uh, I suspect there's there's I, actually I know there is some betting markets on the sports book. Um, with regard to distance and that's the way I might be approach those thinking along those lines okay and I know like you say Barry likes us to keep it snappy so I should be moving on at this point but I do just want to ask you Kevin just only because I don't really feel like we've given her the credit alcohol free um, you know stepping back up to this trip from the sprinting trip what do you make of that decision and do you think she's a filly who can take that in a stride pretty pretty easily what do you think um, yeah, struggle with that? It'll be fascinating, like because the thing you'd worry about with any horse if they drop back to a to a sprint and then go straight back up to a mile is that they'll just be a bit fiery yeah. um and travel a bit over strong when they go back up and trip. And she's naturally extremely fiery anyway. So um look, Rob Hornby knows her very well. Um, but this this will be a challenge. She'll be happy that she got a low draw. Um a high draw would have been a real pain. Um, in terms of getting cover. So look, it'll be fascinating. Look, you have to love the punchiness of the campaigning. Like they're not messing about, are they? And it, it, it's a very interesting thing they're doing. So um, yeah, look, even on her very best day, I don't think she could beat Baid, but fair play to them for having a crack. And it'll be fascinating to see how the affiliate adjusts herself. Yeah, absolutely. And it really would be a lesser race without her now with the Caribus out. But anyway, let's move on to the Phillies handicap. Uh, this is the 410 and it's over the 10 furlongs. Uh, William Haggis's C Speedwell is currently the favourite, making her handicap debut in here, Tony. She didn't help herself on that last start at Leicester. Um, and she's probably one of the sort of more, un- well, obviously unexposed and unknowns, but into a hand handicap for the first time whereas you've got Natasha and like the Varian horse who've both disappointed on their handicap debut really so it's uh, the top three at the in the market it makes for it makes for an interesting market anyway yeah I've I've, I've already had a bet in this and uh, it's more of an unsexy profile than the ones you've mentioned it's value theory um finished six not beaten far in the prestige stakes here last season um started the season off 96 now down to 88 despite running her best race of the season at Nottingham last time. Um, I just think she's handicapped to go really well. The, there are two negatives here. Uh, she likes to go from the front, and there's at least two others here that can pester her on the lead. So that's that's a potential problem. And the other one, she's yet to yet to prove her stamina over a mile two. In fact, the only time she's she's run over a mile two was on the all weather. She it looked like she didn't get home. But if you go back and have a look at that Nottingham run last time, it looks like she was going to fall back uh, at the back of the TV, but. She came on really strong towards the end and would have finished second in another few strides. So uh, I'm not that worried about the stamina. Um, go back and have a look at her pedigree. Uh, she's related to middle distance performers. And, you know, there's a horse in Australia that ran really well over a mile, uh, two miles, albeit, you know, that one was by Monson and not Glen Eagles. But now I, I think on pedigree, she should be staying this. And I can I can just see her getting out in front and being very hard to be- get a peg back off a falling handicap mark on a on a track that she's won right at before on a ground that she should like. So, and I thought 14s was on the big side. So I played already at value theory at 14s for me. Tony taking another big swing with one of the outsiders in these races, uh, giving you a bit of value. Dan, are you looking at the top of the market or doing a Tony and trying to find a bit of value further down with those more exposed types? I'm doing almost exactly a Tony because I'm putting up value theory as well. Um, oh. I mean, 
I don't. This sounds like proper mug punter's attitude, but Johnston will win at least one or two handicaps this week, won't he? He does every year, and I thought it set up quite well. For nine's a bit of a niggle, but I, I think uh, she had one go at the trip. I didn't think she was a blatant non-stay. That was a warm race at Lingfield. If anything, she might have been a bit swamped. She's then dropped to a mile and, and got going again late on as if the trip will suit her. There are two I just don't think that should be the prices they are at the minute. The other one's Rousset. Um, who's nines? I'm going to back those two against the field. Probably Dutch them actually. Same stakes on both. Um, now you look at she had four goals in handicaps, but not sure she's had a try against elders yet. And she's been ridden by uh, she was ridden by a kid last time. You've got Holly taking over. I thought that was another angle. Just think she's running fairly strong races for the grades that she's been contesting. And I didn't think she's exposed as those, you know, quick glance at the form figures and the handicap marks might make you think. So one's nines, one fourteens. I'll back both. Okay, big prices here in this race. Uh, what about you, Kev? Oh, I'm a little bit less interesting. I'm going to go with Natasha. I thought she shaped really well last time. Um, like massive pedigree and clearly must be held in some regard because they, they lobbed her into a group one at the back end of last season and uh, just seemed to get a little bit tired at Newmarket last time on the return. Um, maybe it wasn't fitness, maybe she just wasn't good enough, but I'm taking the view in hope that she just needed the run of shade. And if that's the case, um, she could come forward nicely here and, and be right in the mix, I'd say. Okay, last race we're going to look at on the Goodwood card anyway before we have a quick view of Galway um, is the 4.45, the five furlong class two condition stakes for the Phillies and the two-year-olds. Platinum Queen, Ashinor, Richard Fahey, the dual northern winner but struggled down south at Ascot in that middle run, um, taking on such a consistent filly and star of Lady M. And now if he was here, he'd be saying to me, Tony, that I should have introed this race as something along the lines of fast fillies need only apply and that weird Irish accent he has. But I'm not Hugh and he'd no doubt be getting stuck into the short price. <laughs> he'd no doubt be getting stuck into Platinum Queen at such a short price, wouldn't he? Uh, if you obviously... Normal provisos apply with York form when they go from the front and don't come back. Uh, but the time backs up the visuals. Um, very, very impressive there, obviously. Had a very stiff task with a 66-1 shot at the Queen Mary. Again, very much like Rocket Rodney. Most like the most likely winner by far, but the price reflects that. So I won't be I won't be having a bit in the rest. Okay, it's a no-bet race for Tony Dan. What about you and this? Well, I was all set to give Beautiful Eyes a mention because she had a very intensive start to her career and then she's finally had a break. But then I thought, well, I'm going to watch um, the Platinum Queen's run back just to refresh my memory. And she was so impressive. I don't really have any appetite to oppose her. Okay, pretty dull on that front. What about you, Kev? Take yourself off mute. Come on, you're a professional. Come on. Come on! I did, I did so well up until that point as well. Oh. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna say um, I, I'd be as, as dull as dishwasher, dull as dishwasher, what? as dull as dishwater. Most what, a days lot of, of people, a, a lot of people are very. Like, a lot of people say dishwater, and other people say ditch. Ditch. Mm. Really? Wow! I always had it as dish. I have it as dish. Okay. I always have anyway, anyway, I'm dull. That's the motto of the story. And I'm dull with my selection in this race as well because I'm with the lads, the Platinum Queen, um, away and gone. Uh, never. What, what is this? Uh, goodbye, starter. Hello, judge, as Brian Gleason likes to say. Yeah, <laughs> Platinum Queen. Okay, guys, that wraps up the preview of Goodwood. Let's move on to give Galway a mention because, of course, they are rocking and rolling over there and they've got the Galway plate, big highlight. 
uh, over in Ireland. Um, Tony, let's come to you first. I haven't had a look at this myself, but what do you fancy in the big race? I wouldn't say I've had an exhausted uh, look at it, but the one that uh, popped out of me was Durasso. I thought, you know, he's 25s and 33s in the marketplace. I thought that was on the big side. Obviously, prep for this over hurdles at Tipperary uh, recently. Didn't wear the blinkers there. The headgear's back on. And he's just an improved horse over hurdles since finishing a good fifth in this race last year off a £2 high mark. So hopefully Kev will give that a positive mention as well. Kev, where are we at with Joseph's horses at Galway? Yeah, he's got a bunch of the plays um, that have all been kind of trained for it. Um, so he, it's the Galway plate, throwing as many as he can and you hope for the best. And she looked, they all have cases to be made. Durasso ran really well last year. Um, he was brilliant over hurdles all last season. Um, he's had a bit of a freshen up there, you know, prior to his his prep run a tip, which was perfectly satisfactory. So look, the case is there for him. Um, early doors won the race two years ago, like hand, did a leg in the race, I think. Um, handicapper hasn't given him much much respite. Though in fairness, that we did run, I thought very well in the Irish National. Um, he prepped a temporary as well. So again, he's another one with a chance. Fire attack. We've talked about him loads in the podcast over the years. Like he was a real frustration over hurdles, but um, getting on with it and letting him roll from the front end seems to be important to him. Shane Fitzgerald is unbeaten on him, gets a really nice tune out of him. So if he can get some bit left alone in front, um, he has the talent uh, to run very well. And uh, what's the fourth one? Where's my brain? Um, Your brain oh, wait, is not uh, with uh, us today. No, it's been a bit, it's been a bit of a mad day. Um, a wave of the sea is very capable on his day, but the key to him is he just needs to get in a, a jumping rhythm. Um, I think like his biggest days have been over shorter trips, but it, he stays perfectly fine. It's just jumping rhythm is the key, and that that'll probably be magnified at Galway, you know, because it's such tight quarters and there's so much mayhem that you you really need hours like him will need things to go absolutely perfectly. But you run them, you see what happens, and you hope for the best. Okay, Dan, and over to you. What are your thoughts on the plate? Uh, Betfair are paying five places on this. Uh, what do you want to get stuck into? Just mention a couple of things. First off, I think Easy Games in the form of his life. Obviously, the form figures tell you that. But he was second last year to Raw Rendezvous off three lower. But Jack Foley sort of got him on the same mark. I just think he's guaranteed to run really well. I'm surprised he isn't single figures. In fact, I, I thought he definitely would be single figures. And I absolutely love Ashtree Meadow. I know he's been beating up nothings for the most part this one this is a proper horse for me jumps extremely well very athletic there's a stamina doubt that's a slight concern he's never raced beyond two and a half but one thing to know about this race in the last 10 runnings no horse with a time form epf which is where you're racing in the race so one is making the running five dropped out last nothing that's been a four or five has won since carlin fudlock in 2013 he was a he was a subsequent grade one winner so basically you want you want to be handy and you want a traveller. And Ashtree Meadow is both those things. And I just hope his stamina holds out. I'm backing those two. Hey, check that out for a stat. Um, right, let's wrap up with Naps. Over to you, Tony, first. Nap of Goodwoods. Well, I suppose you could go Galway too, but a nap, please. A really tricky day. Um, very, very much one for small stakes. But I think the most likely of mine to run, his, uh, to run her race is Value Theory. Uh, in the 410, uh, I think 14s runs on the big side, and yeah, uh, it's a tricky race, but 14s is too big. Value theory in the 410. Okay, Kevin, your nap, please. Um, I'm going to go with Max Sod win only in the first. Like it, I'm in agreement with you there. And uh, well, yeah, Maxud or Oscula were my two that I couldn't decide upon, but you've gone Maxud, so I'll go Oscula. Um, what about you, Dan? Your nap, please. 
I'm going to go well bank, please, in the Molcom because I don't think that draw angle's going to be considered much in the early markets. Okay, brilliant. That wraps up our Goodwood preview of day two. Keep an eye out for Betfair special offers and extra places. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow for a preview of day three as well. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.